I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole, and as always, I'll bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the second place Reds. Half a game out, big series coming tonight. Can't wait for it. I'm glad it's not here in Cincinnati because it's thunder and lightning, and hopefully my internet does not get messed up. But do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,275 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, and I ask you this every single day, and you haven't subscribed to my channel on YouTube, please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got something you want to ask Chad, who I think is the longest-running podcaster ever, <laughs> give me a super chat. Give him a great Reds question. I'd greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. And, you know, I wear, most, wear it most days, but I'm not saying I got my, my Hawaiian shirt on from the Reds game. I got my my white shirt that I wore at Joe, Bur- or Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon's birthday party last night. But it's usually wearing Jackpot Joey stuff. But we got the flags. We got the beer. We got everything. The beer is at Brick Brewery. The hats, the shirts, everything is at jackpotjoey9.com. Portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Foundation. Now, I don't want you guys to forget this. We are having a Joe, Jackpot Joey Cornhole Tournament. Uh, it's going to be the day after the Packers game. So if you guys are cornholers, uh, just want to hang out with some cool Bengals friends, go to Brink Brewery, uh, BrinkBrewery.com uh, and all their social media platforms. They have the uh, Cornhole uh, Tournament sign-up sheet there, what you get for your money, how much you win, first place, second place, all that stuff, and everything from here. All of it is going to the Joe Burrow Foundation. So make sure you hit that up on Brink Brewery and their websites. What's up to everybody in the chat? Richard, you're first. Matt, what's going on? John's in there. Jeremy, Desmond, uh, Aurora Flush, what is going on, guys? We got a big weekend. I had a great weekend. I, I got to tell you about weekend first. Friday night, I got to go to Little Miami Brewery. Got to hang out with Ted Karras, and the brew crew was there. We had a great time. Then... All, all half of us for the Brooker went to the Reds game Saturday. We saw three home runs in a row. It was awesome. We got these cool shirts. Then Sunday night, I got to go to the Joe Mixon 
a uh, whiteout party. Got this cool chain. I got the shirt. I mean, I could ask for a better weekend. It was so much fun. Now I get to talk to Chad. How cool is this? And like I said, he if you don't know who he is, he's from, we're from Reds. Let's get to it. Here's Chad. Chad, what's going on, brother? Oh, just excited to be talking Reds. Glad to, glad to join you, Jeff. Hell yeah, man. Excited. Like, we're a half a game out, and we're going to play the Brewers, and people keep saying they got our number. And at first, I'm like, I don't really think so, but maybe they do. But they got really good pitching. That's the problem. <laughs> they have really good pitching. They have better pitching than we do is the problem, I think. What's your thoughts on the Reds going into the series with the Brewers? Well, this is a big one, and you're right. Uh, they have kind of had the Reds number so far this year. And, you know, um, I don't know whether that's a, a real thing or, or not a real thing. You know, it's a, it's they played, what, 10 games, I guess. And right. All, to me, though, that's in the past. The Reds yep. are a half game out. The Reds have every opportunity to go into Milwaukee and come out as uh, first place, and then we don't have to see this, this bunch again. <laughs> and so um, – you know, yes, they have better pitching, but, but uh, the Reds have a better lineup. And so, how's it gonna how's it gonna play out? I don't know. I'm excited to watch it. I cannot wait for tonight. Uh, I'm not I'm not bummed out because they've lost to the Brewers before. Ah, it's a new game tonight. Let's go, Graham exactly. Ashcraft on the mound. Exactly. And I, I keep telling everybody, to remind, reminder, back in 2012 when we won the division, we couldn't beat the St. Louis Cardinals. I called them the Tweety Birds. We still won the division. So I mean, it just because if we can't be, which I'm not speaking into existence, we're going to beat them. We're going to win the series. We're, we're going to, we're, we're going to, that's going to come around, I think. But it's not the end of the world. I mean, you know, we get lost the series and then we turn around, we sweep Arizona and we're back to being a half a game out. So it's baseball, man. We still got a long ways to go. I mean, there's still there two months at least, two and a half months left in the season. So, I mean, it's, it's far from over. Oh, it is. And, and I know everyone was upset. I was disappointed with the way that the things work with the, with the Brewers right after the, uh, the all-star break and it, it didn't look good, but you know, come on. Um, there is a long way to go. And frankly, it's a two team race right now. Now maybe, maybe, maybe the Cubs can get back into it. I don't know. I think they, they may lean towards uh, being sellers here at the trade deadline. Maybe not. I don't think they're uh, very good. I, I mean, I think there, there's no reason, I guess I should say that the Reds shouldn't be in this race all the way to the end. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've been talking about the Reds and writing about the Reds for many, many years. I can't believe I'm still saying that this team. Just, they're so far ahead of where we thought they'd be. It's just, it's wonderful. And I'm just, I'm just, I, I, they're must watch every night and I, I'm loving it. This is, I, I keep trying to tell everybody, this is a bonus year. We expected this next year. And, and, and Chad, I'm, I say this a lot here. I'm 48 years old. I've never seen, now I can say five guys because CES is under five rookies come up and look like they're veterans. I've never seen that many guys come up and, and, and it's unbelievable. And, that's where it all comes up, and it's the first question we talk talking about this. But Indian, that's in the, in the lineup tonight with the trade rivers. Is there something in the works? I don't know if there is or not, but I mean, India, it, there's going to be a guy that's not going to be in the lineup that's from the regular since CES up here. So, do you think it is something? Do you think he's just giving him a day off, or what, what do you think? I'd say there's no way for us to know. I think the <laughs> news that came out earlier today that uh, some team evidently leaked that the Reds are are offering up uh, Jonathan India in a potential uh, trade, uh, which should not be particularly surprising, but uh, uh, everyone uh, <laughs> everyone uh, loved that news on, on Twitter. Things went wild. Um, right. But, but that, that – and so people want to make that connection. That's why he's not in the lineup. No, no. Go look at that lineup, okay? You have nine pretty good hitters <laughs> in that lineup. Nine. So, nine. Someone has to – that's crazy. Will someone he be has bad? to sit out every night. Yeah, Willie be bad yeah. is the best nine-hole hitter in baseball. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. I love that guy. Uh, Will Vincent just been amazing. 
So yeah, um, somebody has to sit out, like you said. And right. So tonight, it's it's India. It could be because you know he's on his way out of town, but I would be surprised if that were the reason. Uh, but if so, we'll find out at some point uh, tonight, I guess, which would be wild. We'll find out. Brad says he heard, heard uh, the India, uh, the White Sox won India. I, I have no idea. The rumors are flying all over the place. I I, I have no idea. But let's let's talk about uh, just these rookies in general. I mean, that's the whole key to, to this season. And I'm, I'm I'm glad they finally got CES up here. And people kept saying, well, we can't bring him up. We're not going to be able to put him in the lineup. I said, yes, you can. You're going to be able to work it out. I mean, there's a DH. I mean, we have a DH now, so you can work it out. But Steer, who can play left field, third base, first base, Ellie, well, he's Ellie. <laughs> there's, not, he's, right. yeah, there's not a whole lot more to say on that. He's just awesome. Matty Bats, Matt McLean plays short and second like a freaking gold glover. I mean, and Abbott's been, I think, arguably our, our best pitcher. I mean, Chad, just just speak on on these, these, these uh, rookies and, and – the impact that they've had on these, and like I said earlier, I've never seen this many rookies come up and be this good. I mean, have you? Oh, no, absolutely not. I think you're right. And it's really interesting because uh, the last couple of years with uh, with Hunter Green coming up and Nick Lodolo, both first-round guys, both highly uh, touted prospects, um, you know, one of the things that I said constantly was they're going to take their lumps. They're going to be, you know, they're, they're, the league's going to adjust to them and they have to adjust back and that will determine how good they're going to be, but, but just a boatload of talent. But I'll, I cautioned you know, a patience with the young kids. It's what I've always done when kids come up. And these these kids this year come up and they look like 10-year veterans. I mean, I've, I've literally, I've never seen anything like it. And, and, and again, maybe there's going to be some, uh, you know, uh, the league's going to adjust some and they're going to have to adjust. But I've just, it, the the way that the all, the hitters, and of course we're talking about McLean and Ellie De La Cruz and, and Spencer Steer and now uh, CES and of course Will Benson. And then uh, Andrew Rabbit uh, pitching. I mean, this guy was in uh, single A last year. I mean, right. two years ago, I'm watching him pitch in the College World Series, you know, thinking, oh, that guy's a bulldog. And two years later, he's the ace of the Cincinnati Reds staff. No, it's just uh, – that's why everybody talks about ahead of schedule or, you know, Reds are playing on house money this year. And it's true because these guys all had talent. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see them fulfill some of that talent at some point. But for all of them to do it ahead of schedule and also all at the same time, it's really sort of unprecedented, certainly in Cincinnati history. And it's why, you know, realistically, the Reds are in a – I can't believe I'm still saying that. The Reds are in a playoff hunt. It's gorgeous. I love it. Bring awesome. it on. And the thing is, Chad, we have more down in the minor leagues. I mean, we, right? we have Morte down there. We got Arroyo and then uh, Chad. I cannot remember Chad's – the pitcher. Um, he, he, Connor. He, Connor, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I keep calling him Chad. Connor, um, see, I messed you up now. He can't remember his name. You got me messed up now. <laughs> but he Connor pitched Phillips. Connor, Connor Phillips. Phillips. Thank you. Connor yeah. Phillips. He pitched yesterday. I mean, there's a chance he could be up here, I don't know, at least by September. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's not out of a, a realm of possibility. I mean, so I mean, those guys could come up here. I mean, it's uh, it's just I know I keep talking about, it, but it is you hit the, the the Reds hit the lottery. I mean, literally with five guys they got them because that's what I, I kept saying. I'm like, this year I thought was going to be more of, you know, is Green, Lodolo, and Anchikov, are those guys really going to be the anchors of our staff moving forward? Well, Green and, and Lodolo have been hurt half the year. We didn't know these guys were going to come up up as much as they are. And But you, just think about this, Chad. When Green and, and Lodolo come back, we got Ashcraft and Abbott. If we get all four of them pitching like they can – that's like the Atlanta Braves of the early nineties when they, when they, I mean, it is, I mean, my son, you can't say that, but that's the potential. That's what I'll say. It's the potential. I'm not saying there'd be hall of famers or anything like that, but I can see it. 
I, yeah, I'm not ready to predict uh, three Hall of Famers. In, in, <laughs> I didn't. I would say Hall. I'm like the Braves, good, really good pitcher. But, no, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you know I said uh, last night I said um, that the lineup. You know, I don't. I've never seen a lineup of Reds lineup this deep mm-hmm. uh, ever in my lifetime. And you know, and people come back and say, "Well, the the '76 uh, lineup was was better." And I'm like, "Okay, I didn't see that lineup." I was <laughs> <You> one, <know>? right? <laughs> exactly. I went alive. I was yeah. alive, but yeah. I. I, I, I yeah, that's me. Yeah, I was I was uh, in diapers, and so you know, um, of course I was 19 years old at the time, still in diapers. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not true. Um, no, so but so again, coming back to your point, I, I've never seen a, a lineup this deep, and with the rotation, yeah, there's still some work to do. There's you know, I mean, we got we have to get Greenland Dolo healthy, and all these guys have to continue to to progress. But there's real talent. I mean, there's there's real talent, enough talent to where. I hate to say this because uh, my brother, who's on, uh, on on my Riverfront podcast with me, um, he loves Graham Ashcraft, and I love Graham Ashcraft. I think there's enough talent that Graham Ashcraft may turn into a shutdown reliever at some point because there's not enough room for him in the rotation. Now that's best case scenario. We'll see, but uh, but you're right. I, I think that uh, the only thing that I see that really truly needs to be fixed in the long term here is the bullpen. Yes, because there are there there are enough there's enough talent in the rotation coming forward the next two, three years and in the, in the lineup that it's going to be fun. Right. Exactly. Just like a uh, real flush Terry here, another guy, uh, TJ Anton and Justin Dunn, uh, they're many as well. If Anton could come back, I love that dude. And I, I hope I'm, I'm praying that dude comes back. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how he is after a second Tommy John surgery, which I mean, I can't believe he had to have two of them, but I mean, if he could come back and pitch anywhere close to what he did out of the bullpen, before he got hurt, that right there, that's the other thing I said too. If you get Lodolo and you get Green back and you get Anton back, you might not have to trade for anybody. Yeah, it's two starting pitchers and a, and a reliever. I mean, I, I think they will, but you might not have to. And that's kind of where I guess the question is for you is like, are you in the the side of actually having to trade for somebody? Or because I keep going back and forth because I mean, I don't really want to give up too much of this talent to get somebody because I don't necessarily know if we need it. But it would help, I guess, as a good way. Where are you at on trying to trade for somebody? Well, I think that's a fair uh, way to look at it, but I'm 100% in the camp of they need to be trading uh, for somebody. They need at least one veteran starting pitcher, in my mind, um, maybe even two, and uh, a, a, a reliever, a solid, dependable reliever or two. And the reason why is, that is yes, if if uh, if uh, TJ Antone comes back and Justin Dunn, uh, as Terry mentioned there, comes back, and um, and, and Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, or get back and healthy, then yeah, maybe they won't need those guys. But I just used the word if four yeah, times. Right. And so everything has to break right. And right. with pitching, everything doesn't break right. People get hurt. So the, the reason the Reds, uh, they're sort of defined expectations, but imagine what would happen if, the, if they had actually gone out and signed a, an actual, had some depth in the starting rotation. Right. And so they wouldn't have to be throwing out guys that were pitching in the, you know, the independent frontier league six weeks ago, <laughs> right. you know, although it seems to be working right. somehow uh, most of the time. But um, I, so I, I do, I think, I think they really need to be aggressive. And, but when I say aggressive, we don't need to go out and, you know, uh, don't go break the bank and trade everyone for Shohei Otani as much as I'd like to see. Actually, I would love to see that. I, I, <laughs> me and my son have talked about that. I, that's the one dude I would probably break the bank to go get him. You're not getting one, but you yeah. get two, two players. And I'm like, I'd do it. That's just me. But I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. I, right, no, I agree. I agree. But if you can get a number three, number four starter, frankly, it, it, for, for me, that's going to eat up some innings. It's going to be healthy. I think you can get that for a reasonable price. And they need to be looking at those guys. I would look at some of the higher end guys as well. 
I, I think Marcus Stroman's going to be out of their price range probably because um, he's not going to resign. But, you know, there are guys like uh, Jack Flaherty. And, you know, of course, I, I don't know that the Cardinals would, would ever deal anyone. I don't, yeah, I don't think the Tree Birds are going to trade us but, anything. <laughs> right. But, but there, there are guys like that that I think the Reds need to be looking at because everything's not going to go right. All those ifs are not going to come to pass if the history is any guide. Joe's in here saying Dylan ceased or bust. <laughs> I think that that guy, I don't know if the, the White Sox will trade him, but I think that guy makes more sense than anyone that's out there because they'll have him uh, pass this year. And, um, and you know, he's, he's good. <laughs> he's good. He, he, he can be a part of this rotation going forward. So yeah, I'll, I'll I would, I would give up quite a bit for him. I give up India. <laughs> now well, I have a question though. Now one thing, now this is, this is one that I think is, is a, a topic of discussion with, if you do trade India, now I know he's struggling and everything, but he's literally the leader of the team. You know, he, he, and I think Mally and the catcher are, are, are two bottos, Leads by example. He's never been a big rah-rah guy or anything like that. Do you think that's a, a big loss? Or that Will that really hurt the chemistry of the team? Because I know everybody thought when Joey Votto came back, it was to hurt the chemistry of the team. I, I was like, you guys are crazy. It's Joey Votto. Of course I want him back. But I am kind of leery about if you trade India, does the leadership go out the door with him? Or are these guys so good and so confident in themselves that they would be able to keep on ro- rolling without him? Well, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, I've seen some people uh, in the last day or so kind of say that uh, India is not as much of a leader as he says he is because he proclaimed himself to be the leader. He's not really a leader. And I think that's nonsense, frankly. I think Jonathan is one of the leaders of this club. I, I think it's, I don't think there's any question about that. This team right. has taken their cues from his sort of energy and enthusiasm, the way he wanted this team to play from day one. And so I, I, I have no doubt that he is one of the leaders of this team. I also don't think that him leaving will do anything to the culture of this team. Or I, There are other leaders – Talk about Joey Votto being a, a silent leader. Joey Votto is the leader of this team. They, they looked at, he, you know, ask Will Benson yeah. who's the leader of this team. True. You know, Will, Will, Joey Votto helped Will Benson through that that, uh, yeah, that rough stretch. Um, but but I just think there's so many, the the energy that we may give India some credit for bringing that kind of energy and the enthusiasm, the, the outlet with this team, it has infected this team at this point. And I just, I, I just think it's overblown. Uh, again, that's not because I don't like India. I, I, I love Jonathan India. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind having Jonathan India around for a few more years. I'm not desperate for them to trade him, but it does make some sense to, to deal him um, at this point. If that's what it comes to, you can you can make that argument. But no, I, I'm not concerned at all because these guys, number one, they're professionals. Number two, there are other leaders in that clubhouse. Uh, and, and number three, I just think it's too it's too ingrained in this this current team. It's too ingrained. The Viking helmet and all the stuff. It's just America's team, baby. America's I team. Love it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. I uh Sherry has their question here. He says, uh, no one's talking about it, but Diaz has been a little shaky the last few outings. Should be we be a little concerned. I am just and it's more of I think uh, they used him so daggone much. Uh, maybe maybe the second half it's starting to get to. That's why Sims was out there yesterday. What, what, what's your thoughts? No, I think it's fair to be concerned. Um, he's absolutely just incredibly talented. I mean, he's he, he's legit. He's not done, done it with smoke and mirrors. This guy is great and has every opportunity to be great going forward. But uh, you're right. Um, because the bullpen, they're, they're, how many dependable arms are, are there out there, really? it's David Bell has, str- has to struggle sometimes to find someone dependable to bring in, and so he has to bring in uh, Diaz maybe more often than you would like. So. Mm-hmm. Overuse, I'm. I think it's something to watch. I don't know that I'd say I'm worried, but I think it's something to watch. That if he is going to um, not perform as well down the stretch, that's why. And uh, the Reds are going to have to find some opportunities to get him, uh, get him some some rest. 
Yeah, I was one of the guys that was happy he made the all-star team, but didn't really want, want him to pitch. <laughs> I just I just wanted him. I was like, just go there, take your videos, chill out, relax, because we're gonna need you. And that's um, right, me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, well, luckily David Bell did a good job of, of rushing him a lot before um the the all-star break. Well, we didn't win a lot of games <laughs> before the all-star breaks, it made it a little easier. But speaking of David Bell, now me, I've been a critic or critical of him, especially when he first started. Because I thought he was managing everything like it was game seven of the World Series, you know, and going to the bullpen way too often. And I still think his lineups are kind of weird. But, but overall, I think he's actually done a, a really good job of, of the culture and guys playing for him. And, and the guys play hard for, for David Bell. So overall, I, I don't – the stuff I pick on him about, it's it's nitpicky stuff. It, it, it just irritates me. What's your thoughts on, on David Bell? Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're pretty close to the mark there. Um, I think – I think David Bell, sort of the way I put it is uh, there are probably four good managers in baseball and there are probably four bad managers and the rest of them are just kind of in the middle. And right. that's where David Bell is. You know, he's, if you go look at any other fan base, they're complaining about the lineups and they're oh, yeah. complaining about how he uses the bullpen. And they're like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. That's just, those complaints are legit. David Bell's lineups are insane. Sometimes I, mean, I, I don't understand what he's, He's pulling out of the way. Just what. put TJ leading off. Just leave him there. Sorry. And, and Matt McClain bat second. And then the rest of them should fall together. Sorry. That's my. There you that's go. Dry. Why he has Ellie leading off is beyond me. Anyway, sorry. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, they, I agree. I agree. I agree. And he had India batting third there for a while. It would yeah. really make much sense. So, yeah. but I guess what I'm saying is, I think David Bell has done a relatively good job here. Mm -hmm. The bigger complaints I see on my, and I hate keep mentioning Twitter because Twitter's a cesspool of nonsense, but. Or X, the, or it's called X. Oh yeah, right, right. So yeah. Now. <laughs> In my twixts or whatever they're called now. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, but people complain about it the way he uses the bullpen. Yeah. Often. Why mm -hmm. did he bring in that guy? Why did he bring in that guy? And my response every time is, who, who's he going to choose from? <laughs> that, yeah, that's Ian right. Ian Jabot's the only guy that's healthy, right? Or that's a restaurant. Right. You got to put somebody in. So, right. Um, that's not, and that's not his fault that he doesn't no. have. Uh, and the fact that the bullpen's been mostly okay all season long, he, right. he has to get some credit for that. Right. Mixing and matching the right arms. So, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. I, I I don't think he's awful like a lot of people do. I don't think he's the greatest manager in the world either, but I I have to say he's done a pretty good job with this team. Uh, yeah, available gotta, evidence. Yeah, you got to give him credit. I mean, like I said, I, I will be critical, but I got to give him credit. I mean, he's got him in the hunt and got him, got him going here. And well, like I said, with the bullpen, he's some of these guys like Farmer, he got released last year. <laughs> right. he was, he was, I think he played independent ball for a little while, and then he came back this year and he's throwing lights out. And then you got Ian Jabot, who I, I always say you got the good Jabot, you got the bad Jabot. There's two sides to every Jabot. That's my, uh, my Spaceballs uh, <laughs> reference there. But, I mean, sometimes I you don't know what you're getting from him. But lately, there he's been pitching pretty good. So, I mean, it, it's – and that's like where you said is it would be nice to – if they would have done something in the offseason because, obviously, we didn't think th this team was going to be this good. The Reds management didn't think this team was going to be this good. Or they would have done something, I think. So, I mean, that, next that's what I'm more – that's what I heard get to the offseason or anything. But I am curious as to what the offseason moves that they will make because uh, Vado will be off the book. Junior is close to being off the book. Uh, they're all, we don't really owe anybody anything except for Hunter Green. So, it'll be that's interesting it. to, to, to what, what move what, – how do they add to this this team in the offseason, which, I mean, we could do a whole, whole other discussion mm -hmm. about that. But it, I think they, they will be adding. I, I think so this year, this offseason, don't you? Well, I definitely want to come back in the offseason. We'll unpack this uh, in, in detail. But uh, uh, I would say that they should be adding this offseason. There's no mm -hmm. reason they shouldn't be. 
You have a good, young, fun team. Now you sort of see where the holes are around them. You have a ton of financial flexibility because you have one player under contract after this season, literally one player. So you should have the financial flexibility. Uh, Now, will they do it? They've never done it before. The Castellinis have never really gone out and and taken this next step to fill in the holes. The Bengals did it. They went and built a roster to compete. Mm -hmm. They fixed errors where they they were weak. Uh, something I wrote about in a piece that I wrote for Cincinnati Magazine, uh, our, our opening day issue. Um, if if the Reds take that next step and actually go out and are active and fill in the holes in the roster, then they can they can. There's no ch- question but that they can be uh, competitive. But until they do it, I'm just I'm not going to believe that it's going to happen because they the Castellines have fooled me too many times. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I, and I think that's the way a lot of Reds fans are right now. We're 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 ecstatic at what's going on, and I, it's shown by by you know the crowds. I mean, I was there Saturday, and it was sold out. I mean, there, I was it was standing room. It was, it was the atmosphere down at GABP has been awesome. I heard it was Jim Day or some, one of the Bread's broadcasters said that one of the players compared the crowd to the to SEC crowds. I'm like, that's that's a pretty. Good. <laughs> I'm not an SEC yeah. fan. I, I, I'm a Bearcat fan, so I'm a, I guess I'm a Big 12 fan now for our, our first year in there. But, I mean, SEC, they got some pretty crazy crazy fans there. So, if that player, whoever it was, is comparing uh, Cincinnati and GABP to, to SEC fans or SEC crowd, that's pretty cool. I mean, but that's the way this, this city is. If you win, we're going to support you. Now, we're, we're giving you a hand. Like, all right, we're giving you a hand. Like, all right, we're back. Now, are you going to do something to continue to help? That's the way we were with the Bengals. You know, all right, you got Joe Burrow, you got Jackpot, you got Chase, you got you got to add people. They well, like you said, they did. Now that's where and that's where not even the offseason, that's where this trade deadline, I think they need to add somebody, like I said, a starting pitcher, at least a relief pitcher or two. That's where you know we're looking at now is 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 can we trust the Castellinis? You know, that that's uh, I'm not there yet <laughs> with you. I'm not there. Now the answer is no, don't ever trust Castellinis. <laughs> but uh, I'm very hopeful. I think that what the recent run of good attendance and the just wild times at Great American Ballpark should have told management is, oh my, if we go out and really at the trade deadline, really try to improve this team, we're going to have that the rest of the season. And it's not just you know the excitement in Cincinnati, which is a big deal, obviously, and filling up the park, which is a big deal. Right. But it's 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 exciting nationally. You know the the, the MLB Network's talking about the Reds. Other uh, you know other broadcasters from other teams are like, what's going on there? It's a team that's fun, and it's, it's it's the Reds could really need it's the time to lean into it. And if right. if they go and do something like spectacular, I don't know what that would be at the at the trade deadline, but really improve the team. Shohei, they may st- Shohei. <laughs> that's what we're saying. <laughs> if they don't get Shohei, I'm we're done. out of here. We're not going to games yeah. anymore. You don't get Shohei. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but if they do something really good, you, they're gonna have we're gonna be there the rest of the year. And even if they fall a little short, man. Season ticket numbers are going to go up in the offseason. Everybody's going to be excited for this team. So, yes, what we're saying is, yes, Shohei or bust. (laughs) Exactly. Shohei or bust. Exactly. But, yeah, it's it's fun when you win. And one thing that I like, not only with the winning, is I like the brand of baseball the Reds are playing. Because it's like – like they played in the 70s and 80s early. Now, when I grew up, you and me grew up, you know, base stealing, hitting and running. It wasn't, you know, three outcome. It wasn't swing and miss or a home run, which got, I'm sorry, but it got boring. And I love baseball and it got boring. And and that, but the one thing I think is really cool this year, I think this has a lot to do with the bigger bases. They're doing the swim moves, you know, where they dive in and they're pulling their arm out. Like TJ 
TJ did it the other night. And he stole second, pulls his arm out. You couldn't do that with the smaller bases, I think. And, and that, those are things that I think is cool that the the new rules are brought around. I, I wasn't a big fan of them at first, but I'm wrong. I, I they were they did a good job on them. The pitch clock speeding the game up, the the uh, the, uh, the the bigger bases. I mean, what what was your thoughts originally on the uh, the new rules? Oh, I love the new rules from the beginning because, like you, I, the, the baseball got a little boring mm-hmm. in the last few years. And but it's kind of this conversation really kind of goes back to what something we were talking about earlier. Yes, the new rules have helped the Reds in terms of the the base dealing and. Uh, you know, being really aggressive on the base pads. But combine it with the fact that you had all these kids come up at the same time, there's no way the Reds could have known that the rules were going to help this group of really great athletes that they acquired. They have all these fast guys. And so it's like a confluence of, like the world is finally, you know, uh, shining some light on. It's like, we see you Reds fans. (laughs) You've been beaten down for so many years. Finally, things are going to go right for you for once. And, And I still keep waiting because I'm a good Cincinnati sports fan and something bad always happens to us. But uh, I know I'm going to believe this, this year we, we get something nice. Exactly. I mean, back in the eighties, I, I kept, I always tell people who don't remember this, but the eighties from 84, I think to 80, 88, I think they've read finished second every single year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I keep telling them, I was like, if they had the rule, the, as many playoffs as they do now, playoff teams now, we would have made right. it. Finally, my, my son, I think this makes me feel old. My son goes, Really? They 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 didn't have the main playoff game? Like, no, you had to win the division. And we were in the West. Because we were in the West? Uh, yeah, we <laughs> our biggest rival was the Dodgers. Los Angeles? Like, yes, I hated the Dodgers. <laughs> like, I couldn't stand them. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, he said, oh yeah, by the way, the American League and National League didn't play each other either. either. He goes, what? Like, nope. <laughs> not till not till 97. He goes, so and the thing is, we've gotten so used to that. And I, I remember how it used to be. I'm going, yeah, I guess you don't you don't know that. So it, that that was just an inter- interesting conversation I, I had with him the other day. But let's talk about the most electrifying man in baseball, Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, I thought we were talking about G and Jabo again. I thought <laughs> the most electrifying guy. He he set two records just throwing a ball from the infield, <laughs> and what a, within a week of each other. I, I mean, what can't Ellie? Do? I know people like are worried about him swinging and missing stuff. I'm like. Just let Ellie be Ellie. I mean, it'll come around. He's 21 years old. He, uh, dude, I, he's the best athlete I've seen in the red uniform since Eric Davis, Deion Sanders. I mean, Deion couldn't hit though. I mean, especially last year, De- Eric could hit till he got hurt. But I mean, right. is there anybody else you you can think of you could compare him to? Eric Davis is the only one that I've seen that you can even compare him to. People kind of forget because of the injuries later in his career. But but Eric Davis, I mean, in 1987. Uh, there's this great, great quote uh, of from Willie Mays, and Willie Mays says it's I, I, it's an honor for me to be compared to Eric Davis. That's how highly people thought about Eric Davis uh, back in uh, 1987, and so um, I've never seen anything like uh, other than than Eric Davis. But he's even better. I mean, <laughs> yeah, which is hard to believe, but he has no weaknesses. Now, yes, he does have some technical weaknesses, like occasionally he'll swing at a pitch uh, low and away. He gets a um, he kind of comes and goes on his plate discipline. He has shown multiple steps now, three different steps. Once he remembers, okay. Once he focuses on, I got, I can need to walk more. He, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to make that uh, correction. But he can, he can hit. He can throw. He can run. He can hit for power. And that's the other thing. He, he made that those throws there. And I said something to, to my wife about, uh, you know, Ellie just threw one, you know, ninety nine miles an hour across the infield. She's like. At this point, just stop telling me. I know he's going to do something insane every day. You don't have to tell me what new record he's setting or whatever. I just, just going to assume that there's something. 
it's it's spectacular. It's the most fun. He's had a little bit of a slump here lately, and that's fine. It's going to happen to kids. But uh, he hit that home run, uh, the leadoff home run. I thought, okay, here we go. He's he, he may get back another one of those grooves. Love that kid unconditionally. He's the only guy I've never said anyone should be uh, untouchable in trade. I would trade anybody in the right deal. He's the first person in, in my lifetime that I would say, I, I don't know how you can get value from the other side if you trade him because uh, his, his ceiling is so high. So, um, I don't even so, think I trade trade him for Shohei. <laughs> no, and I want Shohei. No. I mean, I I keep Kelly, yeah. dude. I mean, some people ask you, can, can he pitch? <laughs> he probably could if they if they let him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Well, uh, oh, he can throw triple digits. We know this, right. you know. So he can throw teach, him, <laughs> teach him a slider and let him go. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We just he's it's it's remarkable to be able to watch him, and he's just he's still a kid. He's still a kid. He's going to grow and get better and better. It's just it's so much fun. Do you think he's going to hit one into the river like uh, the Cowboy keeps saying? I, I think he's going to yeah. in his career sometime. Oh, absolutely. I think he's going to hit that uh, tundra up there as well at some point. I mean, there's no question in my mind he's going to be hitting left-handed one day and take one into the into the river. I just It's a matter of time. It may happen this year. I mean, hell, his first one damn near went out of the stadium. It was like the top row. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty close. And I like I, I bring this up a lot, but I love John Sadak. That ball had a family. <laughs> Sadak's great. Yeah, oh. Sadak is fantastic, and that call was perfect. The, th- the thing that was funny is I didn't hear the call live because I'm too busy jump up and down here, to, you know, down in the ice skate <laughs> watching the game. And then they played a back layer. I'm like, "What do you say?" Like, "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> like, perfect. Where perfect. where does he come up with this stuff? And then and then when Ellie got the cycle, he's got a cycle. I'm like, it's just he's he's all he's. Some people don't like him, but he's he's unique. He's one of a kind, and that's the kind of broadcasters that fit baseball. I think so. I think Sadek was was a perfect guy to, to broadcast for for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, what I like about him, I understand some of the complaints about him. I dismiss those complaints because I love the guy. I think he's right. great. He's perfect for this team. But he's uh, he's extremely enthusiastic, and I frankly I like having a, a TV play by play guy. Actually, acts like he likes baseball. Yes, he loves being at the park every day, and I don't know. I like it. I, I'm all in on John Sadak. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of nice to, to listen to somebody who actually uh, sounds like he likes what he's doing sometimes. <laughs> so, exactly right. So, all right. So now, now we talked about Will Benson. I kind of want to roll back to that one because because he was one. His season to me went a lot like this red season has. It got off to a bad start. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I was like, ah, dude, I don't think he's going to be able to hit. Because he looked like he couldn't hit the broadside of a freaking barn. He couldn't hit anything. Went down, went down to AAA, got better, came back up. And, Chad, he's the best nine-hole hitter in baseball. And I'm David Bell better not move him out of nine-hole. Just leave him there, I think. But I mean, let's just, <laughs> just speak on Will Benson. and Because the Indians, we got him for nothing, basically. I mean, not a whole lot. The, the Indians basically gave up on him. I bet they wish they hadn't now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was really excited uh, after I got the chance to watch him a little bit during spring training and kind of investigating who he was. Uh, yeah. The Reds got him for uh, for uh, Justin Boyd, one of their, their second round pick from last year. And then the third guy in the um, Tyler Malley trade. So basically, right. yeah, they got, they got him for very little in terms of prospect capital. Right. He was, he's a former first round pick and he struggled a little bit early in his minor league career uh, as, as, a, as a pro. And, but last year he started to show in, in triple a, he started to show, Oh, wait a minute. He's getting more of a command of the strike zone. He has lot tower power. And he's not really, I don't think he's displayed as much his power as much here as I, uh, as I think he will, as he yeah. goes. I mean, he can, uh, he, he can, he can, he can match. Hit. 
-hmm. He really can. And so, um, so I, and, and he can play all three outfield positions and he's very athletic still basis. So I saw this guy in the spring and I, and I thought, wait a minute, this, this may have been a steal. He may be the, the, the starter in opening day. And it turns out he was, and then he proceeded to strike out for about a week and a <laughs> straight literally yeah. and he he looked like he was overmatched and i think he sort of has acknowledged that it was a big moment for him you know he went from being sort of almost, he thought about quitting the game at one point in the mm -hmm. minor leagues mm -hmm. um and to now starting for, on opening day in in cincinnati where it's a you know opening day is a, is oh. a big deal Best and place. so exactly and so um i'm so glad to see that he went down he kept working he kept working and he since he came back he, i frankly I know I love him in the nine hole as well, just because it's like a second leadoff hitter. But I think you could put him at, actually as the leadoff hitter, and he would be fantastic as well. So it's a testament to this lineup that he can be batting ninth, and you can see, oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. Usually you're not hitter, you know, some guy like like me in little league, you know, <laughs> exactly. All right, so no, I love I love the guy. I love his enthusiasm. I love his athleticism. I love the fact that he's kind of been better than anybody realizes because all these other rookies have kind of taken a lot of the headlines and. Um, but that the his first home run, that walk off, yes, where he when he's through the bat, that's my favorite moment of the year. You could just see the the relief on his face, and yep. just that's that's by far my favorite uh, part of the moment of the year until they clinch the central division. That'll be exactly until then. Yeah, until well, or Ellie hits one into the river. One, one, one. Right, right. <laughs> so the, whichever comes first. <laughs> right, exactly. So let's discuss uh, uh, Nick Crawl here and. I felt bad for the guy. Honestly, when he first got the job, I felt like going, all right, here's a big pile of crap. Um, fix it for us. And this is basically what, you know, he was given. And for these guys to hit and the moves that he's made and the trade, like Tyler Malley, that trade, it's <laughs> one of the best trades in Red's history, I think, to be honest. I mean, that trade alone right there set, set it up for this year. Getting TJ Friedel wasn't drafted. The Reds were able to, to you know, find out that he could have been drafted, and they, they signed him. Getting him, getting uh, Jake the Rake, you know, get, getting these these pieces in there. You got to give Cross some credit, right? I mean, I know they didn't do anything to help other than you know, other than these minor league guys. You know, we talked about that, you know, not to improve this team, but I, I think Cross has done a, a pretty good job. Yeah, so he certainly gets his share of the credit here. No, no, no question about it. Yeah, you know, some of these guys were signed when Dick Williams was the general manager, but. Nick Crawl was on the team that was on the, you know, he was uh, an assistant at that time. Um, there's no question, no question whatsoever, but that Nick Crawl absolutely hit a home run at the uh, trade deadline. Well, not just the trade deadline, but even uh, early season, those trades before right. the season. Right. And and, and um, everyone was mad at the time. I was extremely mad. I was mad. For good reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, but, it, but it wasn't Nick Crawl's fault. You're right. He was put into a position where, I, what do I do? I, I get a chance to be a general manager here and they're telling me, you don't have any money. Go and try to do what you can. And so he set out, set out to uh, sort of reshape the roster, do the best he can in a really bad situation. And frankly, I, he he did it. I'm not sure that there's any general manager that could have done a better job than what he did. You're right. The uh, the Tyler Malley trade. I love Tyler Malley. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want him traded. Um, I thought the Reds needed the pitching. He was still relatively young. I understood that he was never going maybe going to be more than number three star, but I thought right. that could be valuable. Oh yeah. Well, they went out. He went. Nick Carl went out and got. Spencer Steer, Christian Nicardossi was straight, and then another piece of that went over to get Will Benson. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's insane. So, um, so yeah, I, I hate that Crawl was put in that position. 
and he probably doesn't need to talk very often because every time he said talks, he says something dumb. If he could just stop, <laughs> let his let his work speak for him. Exactly, because he's done a pretty good job. And yes, he does get a a, a big. Obviously, as you said earlier, he didn't know this team was going to be this good this early. None of us did. None of us did. Presumably, he would have tried to get some pitching right. if that were the case. But but uh, but yeah yeah, I, I think uh, he needs to be taking a little bit of a victory lap. He he has a big piece in this. Just a little bit. All right. So for everybody who doesn't follow you, tell everybody about, about your articles you, you've written, your podcast. And like I said, you've been one of the longest podcasters ever. When did you get started and how did you start it and, and all that stuff? Well, I, I started the uh, the site Red Leg Nation uh, many, many years ago. It's uh, It was 2005 when I started that site. And so I started the podcast as part of that in 2007. But we really didn't get, get going on. It was just every so often we do an episode until a few years later, but we're getting ready to hit our 500th episode. Uh, it's the Riverfront now is the, yep. is the name of um, We're at Riverfront Sensi everywhere. You can, you can find us uh, YouTube everywhere and uh, getting ready to hit our 500th episode. We also have a, a, a weekly live show late night reds on our, on our Riverfront network, uh, which is fun. But m- most of my stuff is, I, you know, I, I, I went from Reading nation to I've written for all kinds of places, you know, I've written right. for ESPN.com and now for the last 10 seasons, it's my 10th season writing, I'm the uh, Reds columnist for Cincinnati Magazine, and so it uh, gives me a chance to, you know, smack the Castellinis around in print every once in a while, and uh, and celebrate the fun themes. and And uh, so, you know, um, I've 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 been writing about the Reds and talking about the Reds for a long time, and it's sometimes you know this. It's tough to find something to talk about sometimes when they're sometimes, not successful. Especially the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, so I'm I'm just trying to enjoy every week. Yeah. yeah I've got to, I got to write a column uh, tonight actually for the, the Cincinnati magazine. My, 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 it's going to be published tomorrow. Um, I have to finish that up, but it's fun. It's fun to write about them now. It's fun to talk about them here. I, you know, you and I were talking about getting together and doing this. Um, I want I need you to come over to, to our show and, uh, and talk about reds cause it's fun. And I, I, I don't know, I'm enjoying it. And uh, I love how many reds fans are, have become energized and how many new Reds fans are hopping yes. on the bandwagon. And I'm saying, come on, all of you. I don't care that you weren't with us during the bad years. Come enjoy this team. Well, we're, we're getting Reds fans from other teams because I was, I was listening to here, a local radio station, Austin Elmore had, um, I, he's either a Brewers podcaster or I can't remember who it was, but the, the Brewers announcer guy after Ellie stole all three bases on him and stole home, his son, Said, I want to get an Ellie Dale Cruz jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's yeah. cool. That's what's cool. It's happening. It's not only old Reds fans. We're getting Reds fans that have never even been Reds fans because of this team, the way they the way they play. I mean, that. I mean, I hate. To, I keep. I, I keep doing this. I keep rolling it back to the Bengals of 2021. But Chad, it's so similar <laughs> to how the Bengals in 2021 season was. Now, I went to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Reds are going to the World Series or anything. I have no idea. I'm just saying the momentum they have. And the, the excitement that they generate for just for teams to watch it. Hopefully, ESPN will actually put us on Sunday Night Baseball. Quit having the Red Sox and the Daggone Yankees on every every other week. But I mean, that's one thing that I, I, that's one thing they got to change too. They got to put other teams on there. Like the Reds Brewers will be that's a pretty good series to put on. That you know that that should be on, on prime time in, in my opinion. But uh, you know I'm not, I don't work for ESPN. But I mean that's the stuff that we have now. With this team, it's like you said, it's exciting to talk about, exciting, and I'm sure exciting to, to write about. And um, it, it's just, at least I keep I keep comparing it to the Bengals, and I hate doing that, but yeah. it's pretty damn similar. It is pretty, it is. pretty similar. It's so funny to 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 make that comparison. It's an easy comparison because they're you know 
right down the, you know, they, they, the stadiums right next to each other, essentially. But there are a lot of really similar points here. And so, yes, I am going to predict it. I'm going to make the prediction right now. The Reds are going to the Super Bowl. Woo! Just like the Bengals. Wait, what? What? Just like, wait, I, I might be confused here. No, no. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell a quick story here Good. to show just how, how crazy um, this is uh, for me personally. You know, my son uh, grew up, he played, he played baseball his whole life. He, my son just graduated high school. Played baseball his whole life. As as a little guy, and loved Brandon Phillips. Just loved the Reds. Loved Brandon Phillips as his guy. He wore number four playing baseball. And he wore it all the way up up through. Uh, And this year, his senior year, he was still wearing number four. Um, But he loved the Reds years ago. The Mm -hmm. last few years, I'd be like, hey, you want to watch? If we weren't going to the game, I'd be, hey, we'll sit here and watch a game with you. Eh, Reds are trash. That's what he would say. The Reds are trash. <laughs> well, uh, this year, I mean, he has an L.A. De La Cruz shirt. He, uh, seeing him post on his uh, Instagram account, every time the Reds win, he's posting about it and reposting with the Reds. He's, he is ex- excited about this. And I thought he was gone. I thought he was, I thought, well, he's just not going to be a Reds fan because they've been such so awful for pretty much his entire life. And he has other things he'd rather be doing. So that story is being replicated in households all over the, the area, you know? Yeah. Yep. And so I do. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. And I think the Reds can really capitalize on that. They can be, do something special for the next three or four years. Exactly. Now, now the funny thing is now my son, he's a little older. He, he's, he already graduated. Well, graduated high school. He's in college now, but he already moved out, <clears throat> but he was the one. Now I have to give him credit and I hate doing this, but he was the one this year in April. Tell me, I think this team's going to be good. I said, how? I'm like, I said, if the pitching, I said, the pitching pitch is good, you know, then yeah, but we don't, none of these other guys are, are ready yet. I, I just got a feeling, Dan. I, 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 and he, trust me, he's reminded me about this the whole time. So, <laughs> but he was right. They were good. And, but the funny thing is, like, when he was a kid, 2012 was a good year. He, we paid attention to him and stuff like that. Then we had these past couple of years, and he really didn't pay a whole lot of attention, pay more attention to the Bengals this year. Like the beginning of the year, he was all in, and he's been all in all year more more than I was at the beginning of the year. But that's like you said, that's what teams like this do for generations of fans, yeah. and that's the thing with the kids that we have. We're going to be good for a while. I mean, that's I mean, we're not going anywhere. I mean, we're, we had these guys under control for the next six years, plus the guys that are in the minor league still. So that's why I keep trying to tell everybody, it's like, yeah, we're good. That, that's where I go back to our early conversation. Like, I want to trade for people. But I don't want to trade too much away because right. we have so much excess, you know. And it's like I'm really curious to see how this will all work out with all this talent on this team and in the minor leagues because they just keep coming up. Yeah, I'm okay with trading anyone, frankly. I, I'm different in most ways. I just think a, a prospect is only good to me in terms yeah. of what they're going to bring to the Reds, either right. as a player later or if you can bring somebody – good to the Reds right now. We know it's going to be good in the major leagues. Do that as well. But but you're right. You're right. It, it kind of comes back to this thing where if the Reds will lean into this and really fill in whatever holes they have, mm-hmm. they could be good for the foreseeable future. And what's that going to do for a fan base that is clearly starved yeah. for this? You know, watching how the, the excitement at the, at the stadium, this is a fan base that, that's desperate for this. And so, man, um, selfishly, selfishly, Though I just I like writing and talking about it more when they're good, so that I don't care oh, yeah. about the rest of the fan base. I, I, I like about, podcasting about it more when they're good. It's all about us. Yeah, it's duh. About us. I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's so. I went to the game Saturday, and I, I got to see first time ever in my it, live. I saw 
three home runs in a row. But mm, the the yeah. atmosphere down there, the banks, the way they built that down there, Chet, it's it's like the beginning of the season, barely anybody was there. I, I went down there for my birthday. I never went to opening day because opening day is the coolest event in Cincinnati. We had the coolest opening day ever. I don't care what anybody says. After that, so my birthday is April 14th, same as Pete Rose. You might you might have heard mm-hmm. that guy. So I went oh, yeah. down there, and, and there's nobody at the game. I mean, there's literally like it looked like 500 people were there, and we we end up we end up losing. I've went to a lot more games since then. Just Saturday, going there, the banks is packed. Everybody's wearing red stuff. Everybody's having a good time. There were lines out the door to well, to get this cool Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it was lines out the door, and I don't think it was just to get the Hawaiian shirt. It was to get in the damn stadium because there's so many people, you know, trying to get in. And and it was, it was. I got there for batting practice, so people weren't just in there just for when the game started. They're there for batting practice. They're there for the app, for the indo for the fireworks. I mean, people are there to have a good time, and that's. Just so refreshing because that's the way it was when when we were kids, man. People go down there. There wasn't the, the bars and everything down at that river like like there's now. There's a couple of them every go in town do it, but the, the the atmosphere, the feeling of all right, we're gonna win. This is gonna be a good. That's the yeah. feeling I had when I was a kid. That's the feeling I have right now, and it's awesome that that's coming back. And I don't want to lose that feeling anytime soon. It's too much fun. It it really is, and you're right about the banks area. The fact that they've it took them a while, but the fact that they've, they've actually uh, executed on that plan finally makes the whole game day experience so much better. Yeah, so, somebody told me they, a friend of mine went to their first uh, opening day this year and said um, they went to the Holy Grail, you know, before the game. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh, that's a spot, baby, that's a spot. It is, yeah. But they, they, I got to text that this is this is just like a Bengals game. I thought, wait a minute, hold on, this is Reds opening day. But it's right. That's what it's been with the Bengals the last few years. People celebrating and hanging out at the banks, and mm-hmm. um, and so now we're getting a little bit taste of that with the reds and it's just it uh, again at, when going to a reds game is a like a, a full day like let's have fun all day party right. you know yeah, it is um, what, an, what an experience what an experience and uh makes you want to go down to the ball yard so exactly i'm, I'm just i'm loving it i'm just loving exactly it. all right so for what, what, what time's first pitch that's seven that's seven o'clock no it's in milwaukee it's eight. Eight, eight o'clock right yeah eight o'clock i think so yeah so, all right, we got Ash. Is Ashcraft pitch? I'm trying to look right now. Is Ashcraft? Ashcraft. Right? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, Graham Ashcraft. So, what? Uh, what's your predictions for for the game, or, or, or keys to the game? I want to say predictions. Keys to the game to beating the Brewers. Well, the keys are going to be. I think the Reds need to score early, frankly, because they had some difficulty putting runs on the board against that pitching. I think they need. They've, they've been hot recently. I think they need to go in there early on and and score some runs so that it, maybe even in their own minds. Right. It doesn't start to creep in like, oh, here we go again with the Brewers. You know, let's get I, I want to see a Matt McClain home run in the first inning, uh, you know, or uh, or you know, somebody hit a hit a two run bomb or, you know, a couple doubles, whatever. Just something to show. Uh, you know, here, here we are. These are the Reds. I want I, what I want is somebody wearing that Viking helmet in the first two innings. <laughs> I love that thing. <laughs> I do. Too. I think it's fantastic. So I need to see that early in the game. That's to me the key. And of course, Ashcraft has been pitching well lately. He needs to have another good outing. And if, if, if he does that, uh, Reds should be in pretty good shape. I think they're going to hit. I really do think they're going to hit this series. I think their slump is behind them. I hope so because because their slump started when we started mm-hmm. playing against the Brewers, and and yep. that's I mean that's the key to it is is they and I agree that they, I think they got to get out and get ahead of them. The Reds have the most I think the most or tied for the most comeback wins uh, in the National mm-hmm. League, but I don't want to have to come back. I want to get out in front of them and make them chase us. And, and like you said, just get that mental hurdle. If it is one, I don't know, or I don't know if it is or not, but just get that right. out of the way and just go out there and just you know, kick their ass because we are a better hitting team than they are. So we should, yeah. we should be like that. 
Anyway, Chad, it's been fun. You've been on for uh, 51 minutes. Tell everybody where they can follow you, what what shows you got coming up, articles, or anything else you want to uh, plug before I let you go. Well, I'm going to have a, a trade deadline piece tomorrow in the uh, Cincinnati Magazine, just sort of analyze what do we what do the Reds need to do. And if you've been listening enough, I've said a lot of it here. But um, you can find me at Twitter, at Dotson C there on your screen. You can see that. And then, you know, we're uh, at Riverfront Cincy. We podcast. We, uh, you know, I have a, a newsletter, uh, chaddotson.com, that you can subscribe to for free if you want or, or not. I don't care. Um, I'm just I'm just having a good time. And I uh, really appreciate you uh, inviting me on here. And uh, we'll do it. I'm going to do it on my show again. But I absolutely I want to come back again. And let's let's do this again sometime soon, Jeff. Absolutely, Chad. Absolutely. Anytime you want me to come on, let me know. And we're, we're doing this again. Like I said, we got a long baseball season. So I already, I had, this is a blast talking to you. So I can keep talking great. for another hour, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody want to listen to us for that long. So <laughs> no, 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 but we'll just have to do it again. There you go. All right, Chad. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys. Go follow Chad and the boys on the riverfront. Uh, they are a fun bunch of guys to hang out with. Uh, like I said, they got late night reds, riverfront reds. They got the riverfront bagel show. So go check them out. Um, and yeah, we're it's 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 so much fun being a Reds fan. I mean, it's ah, I can't believe. Anyway, let's get the Facebook groups. That let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Hoo Day Nation, Hoo Day Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberries on Facebook, Instagram. I think it's still called Twitter. <laughs> I'm also on Threads and TikTok. Uh, Twitter handle or X, whatever they call it now, is at Jeff A. Trenable. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling this off later on tonight, putting on the podcast. It's on Beanpot, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, like pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review and a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, you guys are awesome. My originals, 2,275 subscribers. Again, couldn't do any of this without you guys. Like I said, it was a fun weekend. People are asking, what am I wearing? This is the Hawaiian shirt I got uh, for the game from the game. Uh, Saturday. This is a chain I got from the uh, Joe Mixon uh, birthday party last night, which was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I had an absolute blast hanging out with Ted Karras. The brew crew was there Friday night. That was awesome. at a little Miami town brewery. Made, we made a lot of money for Cincy Hats and the village of Marici. So great weekend. Fun time. We got to get a win tonight. The Reds got to get out to a fast start and go kick the Brewers ass. Ready? That's your sports, baby. See ya!